0: are tuned in to awaken radio with connie chapman to listen to more episodes go to conniechapman.com or subscribe on itunes hi everyone and welcome to my 100th episode of awaken radio because it is my 100th episode i wanted to make this a special one i wanted it to be personal and juicy and real for you So, I'm going to be opening up today to share more with you about my relationship journey and how I've been able to call in a really healthy, committed, loving partnership after six years of being single. If you listen to the show regularly, you may have already heard me talk a bit about my relationship, but today I'm going to dive a whole lot deeper. I really want to unpack for you how I went from struggling in the area of relationships for years, always meeting unavailable men men who weren't ready to make a commitment, struggling in myself with my own boundaries, with being able to ask for what I wanted and needed and stand up for my desires, and also having a whole heap of intimacy blocks and childhood wounds and fears that would arise for me whenever I would start to get close to someone and would cause me to push love away. When I was single and looking for love, I would sometimes hear women speak about their journey of how they called in their partner, and I would hang on every word only to find that they didn't really provide me with what I was needing. I would hear fluffy stories of manifestation or beautiful synchronicities that brought people together, but I never heard the detailed steps that a person went through to go from being perpetually single to deeply in love. And so today, that's what I want to give you. I want to break my journey down for you because I have learned so much through this journey. And I have started doing some work with women in my one-on-one coaching practice, teaching these principles and learnings to them, helping them call in the relationship they want, supporting them to balance and embody their feminine and masculine energies to heal their relationship to the masculine and resolve wounds from their childhood that are impacting their relationships now. I am really loving teaching these principles to women, so I'm excited to share more with you about them in this episode today. Before I dive into the episode, I want to let you know something exciting that is coming up. Every year for the past two years, I have hosted a 21-day journaling and workshop series in November to help you with powerfully wrapping up the year and preparing for the new year. And I'm excited to announce that this year I will once again be running it in November to support you with completing 2020 and making the transition into 2021. Every time I run this program, it has a different theme. And this year, the theme is feminine magnetism. I'm going to be teaching you how to manifest your desires and create your dreams in a way that allows you to feel guided, supported, in the flow and connected to your feminine energy. I will be sharing with you how to tap into your innate feminine magnetism so you can manifest in a way that doesn't require push, force or becoming depleted. This will be the key to manifesting a magical and nourishing 2021. More details will be coming soon, but if you want to register your interest for the November round of the program, head to ConnieChapman.com magnetic. Okay, so in today's episode, I want to take you through the healing work that I did prior to calling in this relationship that I'm in now. I'm going to talk about the key mistakes I made when I was single that kept love away from me. The changes I made within myself to call in this relationship and also how I navigated the really challenging early days of dating, which honestly brought up a lot of different emotions and anxiety for me and what has allowed us to come into a really solid and committed relationship now. So my partner Jason and I have been together for nearly two years now, and we've been living together for about seven months. We've just moved into a new home together. So obviously this episode is a long time coming and is pretty overdue. And for a long time, I knew I had so much I wanted to share on relationships and particularly on what I was learning in this relationship. But I hesitated talking about it too prematurely as I really wanted to make sure I was embodying and working these principles before I started teaching about them. I was also really private about our relationship in the early days. I think I was very protective. I kept it very sacred um, and close to my chest. I think I had a fear that I would mess it up or I had a fear that it would fall apart and I didn't want to share anything in case that happened. But obviously, after this length of time, we're in a really beautiful place together now and I feel ready to share more about our relationship. All right, so let's begin with my period of being single, the challenges I experienced and looking back, all the things I can see I was doing totally wrong and how I worked through that. And then after that, I'm going to share with you about how I met Jason and our early days. So in total, I was single for about six years, and in that time, I dated, I met some great men, I circled back to a few exes <laughs> numerous times. I had some small sort of relationships with a couple of different men, but none of these really progressed past two to three months. I couldn't get over the three-month hurdle, um, and none of them really turned into a committed monogamous relationship or where we were both in love anything like that my last relationship that I was in was a three and a half year relationship it was very solid and very committed and that breakup was very painful and difficult for me so it took another six years then before I was able to call in anything that was somewhat similar to what I had. And so why did it take me so long? Here I am, I'm a life coach. I've been a life coach for nine years. I'm a conscious, aware woman doing her inner work. I've been on an inner work and healing journey for well over 15 years. I have been doing a lot of work around conscious relationship, masculine-feminine principles, understanding polarity and divine union. And I'd been studying that for about two years. But looking back I can see that there was a real inner journey I had to go through in myself to be ready for the type of relationship I wanted. From a manifestation perspective, we all tend to get really fixated on the outcome we want, and we just want to get to our outcome. But for our soul, and on a deeper level, it's never about the outcome, it's all about who we're meant to become along the way. It's about the process, the learning, and the growth. If you are single and it's taking you a long time to call in the right love, you are not broken and there's nothing wrong with you. It is just that conscious partnerships really ask you to work on your relationship with yourself first before you call in this partnership with another. Sometimes the relationship we want is delayed as life is really asking us to focus in on our relationship with ourselves to make this relationship deep, loving, intimate and unconditional. To really get to know ourselves and to feel deeply content with who we are. This is the foundation of calling in an incredible relationship. And this is often what life is asking you to cultivate before it will bring it to you externally. Something I learned through my journey of calling in a relationship is that there is a big element of divine timing that we're working with. We can be doing all the right things to call in love, but I truly believe the timing of when that person comes in is not up to us, nor is it based on how well we think we're doing at trying to manifest them. When two people are brought together as part of a soul contract, where they are destined to meet, destined to align and support each other in their growth and development, there is a lot that's involved in this process. On a deeper level, both people have to be ready for what this contract and relationship will require. And so sometimes what feels like us waiting for what we want is just both people individually moving through their inner processes of preparation, growth and life experience in order to be ready for the time when they're meant to come together. If you are listening to this episode and you're single, you're probably really ready for a genuine, heart-connected, conscious-loving, healthy relationship. And you 100% deserve that. But if you've been in a pattern of calling in relationships that have triggered all your childhood wounding, made you lose yourself, give away your power, receive less than you deserve, not speak up, override your intuition or become an anxious mess then you're first going to have to heal that before you can call in the type of relationship you truly want. And so this leads me on to talking about the inner work and the deeper inner healing which I had to do and which is one of the first steps that we all need to do in being able to call in the relationship we truly want. I want to share with you some of the inner work I did prior to calling in this relationship that really helped me prepare for it and helped me receive it and hold it in my life. If you are struggling to have a healthy relationship working in your life, you most likely have some deeper unconscious patterning or wounds from the past that are playing out now. Some of the issues that I struggled with personally were having abandonment issues from my relationship with my dad. An anxious attachment style, which means that I would become needy and emotional and clingy when I wouldn't hear from a guy. And as a result, I would attract men that had the avoidant attachment style, which means they would go distant and uh, withdraw when there were challenges. And that would activate even more of my anxiety and clinginess. If you want to learn more about the attachment styles, there's a great book called Attached, and that's where I learned a lot about this. I also had an intense need for love from a man and I actually needed it as validation. I found it hard to know that I was lovable unless I was getting love from a man. I used my sexuality a lot to connect with men rather than connecting on a heart level. And I also had a lot of fears um, where even though I deeply wanted love, I was afraid of intimacy and I was afraid that deeply loving someone would mean that I would lose myself. The healing of these deep wounds is not an overnight journey. It really begins with awareness and understanding. It's worth reflecting over particularly your childhood, your first experiences of when you received love and when your model of love was set up. Reflect over your relationship to your key masculine and feminine caregivers, if that was mother or father or other role models. Reflect on how did you receive love? What got you love? What made you feel loved? And most importantly, what was missing? What was missing for you? What did you not receive? What was the pain point there in those relationships? Now, particularly if you are like me, a woman in a relationship with a man, look at your relationship to your father to help you understand your relationship to masculine love. Now, these models of love get set up in childhood and we recreate them in our relationships as adults. So particularly if there was a core pain or wounding in childhood around what was missing or a way you didn't get love, you're very likely on a subconscious level calling in partners who are going to keep activating that wound for you or are going to give you love and give you the feelings you experienced in childhood until we become aware of this it's going to keep playing out for us once you are aware of the patterns that are driving you in your relationships and are still impacting you from the past there's a lot of different deeper healing that you can do One place I would suggest beginning is by listening to a past podcast episode of mine. Episode 98 is called Deep Healing, Inner Child Work and Resolving Triggers. And this is an episode where I talked about how I worked through and unpacked some deeper issues that were stemming from childhood and my journey of healing them. I share a lot in that episode and go into a lot of detail and take you through step-by-step processes. So I definitely recommend beginning there. And most importantly, what helped me with resolving these wounds was knowing how to hold and support myself through them when they arose now. So when they just fire off on autopilot, they completely take you over. But once you're aware of them, you have the ability to hold and support yourself through it. So that would mean noticing when my wounds got triggered, creating a safe and supportive space to feel, to process, to work through it, to self-soothe, and wherever possible, not project it onto my partner or bring it into the relationship. The next thing I had to look at was my unresourceful relationship patterns. And this was my tendency to time after time after time, get into the wrong relationships, get into the relationships that were reactivating my childhood wounds and not giving me the love that I truly wanted. I had to take a really honest look at myself and really see how I was showing up in relationships based on the emotions I was carrying around love and the beliefs I had around love and where I was receiving less than I truly deserved. I very often just accepted the scraps from men, scraps of their time, scraps of their attention, scraps of their energy, and I never spoke up or truly asked for what I wanted. I didn't believe that I could. I never called someone out if they let me down or broke their word to me or broke a commitment, and this really all came down to my own self-worth and what I believe I deserve to receive. And once again, a lot of this was an extension of my relationship with my father growing up. So I really had to look at those core wounds initially and then get really, really honest. I had to take a deep look at myself, get really honest about what I was tolerating and accepting and also get really honest about what I actually wanted to receive. I started to look at how I wanted to feel in a relationship, how I wanted to be treated and starting to believe that I actually could have more. And then I deserved more than what I was getting. And from there, I had to have the courage to cut out anything that was not in alignment. That meant ending things with partners that were open loops and I was waiting for something to happen with them, letting go of things where I was fantasizing that it was going to become something in the future, ending patterns with guys who were treating me in ways that were less than what I deserved. I let go. I ended all those dynamics that weren't in alignment with what I wanted. I cleaned the slate and I let there be empty space in preparation for calling in something new. The next thing I had to look at was my relationship to my inner feminine and masculine energies and see where they were out of balance. I have spoken about this a bit on the podcast before. One of the things I recognized was that I was functioning a lot in my masculine energy, particularly in my work. My work was my main priority and my main focus. And I very often put my work above love and connection. In my work, I was the leader. The decision maker, the doer, the initiator, the planner. I was in my head and I was in control and I didn't know how to shift out of that energy to come into my feminine when I was relating to a man. I was bringing my masculine to my dating and I didn't realize that my gift to men was my feminine energy, my radiance, my heart energy, my light, my playfulness, My ability to be in my body and be in my own pleasure, it was that energy that made me most magnetic. And so I went on a big journey of coming deeper into embodiment of my feminine and learning how to balance that with my masculine in my work. A lot of the healing I did around my feminine required me to actually look at my relationship to my feminine energy and how I felt about it. And I'm not going to talk about that all here now because I have covered it in two past podcast episodes where I talk a lot about healing my relationship to my feminine. In episode 96, I talk about embracing and embodying more of your feminine essence. And in episode 88, I talk about how to balance your inner feminine and masculine energies. So in those episodes, you'll hear a lot about my journey of healing and balancing my inner feminine and masculine and how this has allowed me to call in some beautiful changes in my life. So the next step for me now in preparing for and wanting to call in this relationship was to clarify what I actually really wanted and what was really important to me to receive in a relationship. This was a really big one because rather than just receiving what men were giving me, I wanted to take time to decide what I wanted to receive. To really clarify what I wanted. So yes, like most women do, I wrote the list of what I wanted in a guy. But more than that, I wrote about how I wanted him to make me feel. I wrote about how I wanted him to treat me. I wrote about how I wanted him to show up in my life, the qualities he would bring to me and this relationship, what I wanted to receive and how I wanted to feel. And I landed on a few core non-negotiables for me. My first one was integrity because I had met way too many men that continuously broke their word, would make plans and let me down, was super flaky. So it was really important that the next person I dated honored their word. When they said they were going to do something, they did it. My second non-negotiable was consistency. So I had had guys that I'd been dating where it was stop and start, no momentum, they come in, they come out they're there really hot for two weeks and then they disappear and then they come back and I couldn't handle any of that anymore. I wanted to be dating someone consistently. I wanted consistent communication, consistent dates being organized and to consistently hear from them. I wanted to feel momentum was building between us and that there was a beautiful consistent flow in how our dates and our relationship was unfolding. And the third point was I wanted someone to be able to accept the fullness and embrace and love the fullness of all of me. I wanted to know that I could be all of myself, that I could bring my spiritual side, my feminine side, my emotional side, my sensitive side, my business side, all of it, and to have that person fully love and embrace all of who I was. So now let's move on to the part where Jason and I met and how I actually called him into my life. And if I'm going to talk about that, I need to talk about changing your energy because this really was the key for me. If you want to change your reality, you have to change your energy. Your life is a reflection of you and your energy. And about a month before I met Jason, I went through a massive energy shift in myself which at the time, I didn't know it had anything to do with calling in this relationship, but I can look back now and see it was 100% the reason that I came into alignment with him. So this was back in 2018, November 2018. I had just come to the end of a really big year of work. And while I had achieved so much, I didn't feel fulfilled. I still felt empty. And I still felt that I was missing that love that I really wanted and craved. So I made a decision. I made a decision to take all of December off work. And I was gonna focus through December on other things in my life. Play, rest, fun, connection, and love. I booked myself a 10-day trip to Byron, a beautiful, luxurious, self-indulgent trip for myself to rest and recharge. While I was there, I booked an energy healing session with a wonderful healer that I knew and I had planned on spending the rest of December, not at the computer, but traveling interstate to be with my family and to spend some beautiful time over the holidays with them. And so that's what I did. I had my trip in Byron and completely relaxed, softened into my feminine, came into the flow I noticed myself become calmer, more centered and more in my heart. I had this energy healing session with this incredible woman who told me that my womb was full of my work and there wasn't enough room in my womb to call in my beloved. She also said that my word for the year 2019 had to be play, which at the time made no sense to me because I thought that sounded so unproductive. But looking back, I can absolutely see why that was perfect. The energy of when I met Jason and the energy of our relationship had such a frequency of play to it. After Byron, I went down to spend time with my family and I spent a big chunk of time with my beautiful two-year-old niece. Now, she was just a ball of love and laughter. So I spent my time with my family, being nourished, playing, connecting, having fun and feeling so much love. And I remember coming back to Sydney and my niece and my sister were coming back up to stay with me and it was the day that they were due to leave. And I was feeling so different by the end of this month. I feel like so much had changed in me and I remember feeling that nothing was more important to me than love, love, connection and relationships So my sister and my niece were just about to leave when I got a text message. I got a message from a guy that I had connected with on Bumble a week earlier. It was Jason. And Jason and I had connected before we were both heading away for Christmas. And we had only exchanged a few messages very briefly. And I really didn't know much about him at all. But I do remember as soon as I saw his profile, I remember thinking to myself, if this guy asks me on a date, I'm going to say yes. I don't know why, but I'm going to say yes. So I had given him my number and I honestly didn't think I would hear from him again. I completely forgot about him. And so just as I was saying goodbye to my sister and my niece and I was coming back to being alone again, I got this message from him asking me out on a date. He was asking me to have a drink with him the next night. And so, of course, I said yes. And my experience of this date was very different to any other dates that I had gone on. I normally went into dates quite in my head, thinking a lot about the person, having my mental checklist, did they tick my boxes, trying to meet my, my soulmate, my husband, and filtering that person through that lens. I think I had quite high standards and I think I was quite picky and I would close off to men quite quickly. But when I went on this date with Jason, I mean, I had just had this beautiful, nourishing month and I was just excited about the idea of going on a fun date with someone. I literally didn't know anything about this guy. I remember walking to the date thinking, I don't know anything about him. I don't know if he's funny. I don't know if he can hold a deep conversation. I don't know if we have any common interests. I really didn't know anything about him. I was purely following my intuition. We had a great first date. We met at 7 p.m. for a drink. I thought it was going to be a quick little drink. We spent the whole night together hanging out until 1 a.m., talking, and we just connected. We connected really well. I think the fact that I was so open on this date meant that I wasn't immediately filtering him through my checklist or overanalyzing the connection that we had or wondering, is this my guy? I just enjoyed his company. I just enjoyed being with him and I was focusing on what I liked about him. And this is how I continued to navigate the early days of dating with him. I think there was just this real openness in my energy that allowed me to stay really curious and playful in the process of getting to know him. And I found that the more I got to know him, the more I liked him. He was doing all of the things that I had clarified I wanted. He was consistent. He was showing up in my life consistently. He was in regular contact with me. He would respond quickly to messages. He was consistently organizing dates with me and he was always getting in touch to plan the next date. So I knew when I was going to see him, I felt like there was that consistent momentum that was building between us that I had been craving He was showing up in integrity. He always honored his plans and commitments with me. He never changed plans, canceled plans, or flaked on me. He honored his word, and I remember that made me feel really safe and trusting of him. I also remember feeling really safe and comfortable to be all of myself. He has this really open-minded accepting energy and even from the early days, I felt like I could share anything with him. I felt like I could share any part of me and he would never judge me or make me feel weird. I felt like I could be all of me in his presence and I also felt like he had the capacity to hold me. And I have to say, it's a really nice feeling as a woman to know that our man can hold all of us and that he will not pull away or tell us we're too much or make us wrong for bringing different parts of ourselves to him. And I have to say something he did really well in the early days of dating me was He made it really clear to me that he was interested in me. I didn't question that. I knew that he wanted to spend time with me and get to know me and that he liked me. But he also held this really somewhat mysterious and detached energy about him. Outside of his time with me, he was busy in his own life. And he gave off this energy of being whole and happy, content and complete in himself and his own life. And so it was really attractive, this balance that he had of this very clear desire to get to know me, but also this real detachment around what was unfolding. I really, really liked that. So in the first few weeks of dating, I did a lot of leaning back. I wasn't coming after him. I was very much leaning back. And that wasn't necessarily intentional. It was just the space that I was in. I was curious about him. I was hesitant a little bit and so I was just observing his actions and how he was showing up for me to see if he was really the type of guy that I wanted to spend more time with. I mean, I knew I liked him, but I wanted to see from his actions that he was someone that I should give more time to. I do think it's really important that we pay attention if we're we're dating a man, pay attention to his actions, not his words. Does he honor his word? Does he show up consistently? Is he acting the way that you want someone to show up for you? Actually get clear on how you want a guy to show up in your life and pay attention to that. I think we really need to watch that in the early days. And if you find he acts in integrity and he's acting in a way that's trustworthy to you and is honest and all the things you're looking for, that will really help you build trust with him. Observing Jason's actions and seeing him in integrity really helped me build trust in him. The other thing that I did in the early days with him that worked really well was, like I said before, I stayed really in my feminine, which meant I was in a receptive state. I wasn't in a leading or controlling state. I let him really set the pace of our relationship. A lot of the time, he initiated contact with me. A lot of the time, actually every time, he organized our dates. He told me when he wanted to see me. He told me what we were going to do. And this wasn't a game that I was playing. It was primarily that I was focusing a lot on staying in my feminine energy, staying open, staying receptive, and staying flowing. And I also wanted to watch his leadership Similar to what I said before, watch their actions. This is how you build trust. I wanted to see what his leadership of our relationship was like. Was he a guy that initiated contact? Was he a guy that organized dates? Was he a guy that if he didn't hear from me for a couple of days, he would reach out and check in on me? I just wanted to see if he was that kind of guy. And he 100% was. I also could feel from our dynamic that He much preferred to be in the leading space. There were a couple of times where I would try to initiate things, initiate a date or come up with a plan. And I could just feel energetically a bit of a closure from him. And so I just got the sense that our dynamic worked really well when I let him lead and when I flowed with him. This did not mean I was being submissive or passive or anything like that. And it also didn't mean that if I felt to reach out to him that I wouldn't. I wasn't playing games. This is part of the masculine feminine thing. You've got to feel the energy of the dynamic. And the more that you come into your feminine as a woman, the more intuitive you are, you can then feel what makes him feel most masculine. And I could feel he felt most masculine when he was leading and deciding and planning. So I let him do that. The other thing I paid a lot of attention to with him was his values. It was very, very clear to me early on that his, value, his greatest value is freedom. As it is for most highly masculine men. Most highly masculine men are driven by freedom. Now, if you have a man that's very freedom driven and from what I knew of him, um, I think it had been a while since his last long term relationship. He'd been traveling. He'd been really doing his own thing. And what's interesting about him is when we met, I don't think he was really looking for a relationship. I don't think it was on his radar, but I know he was open to it. So I sort of had to dance with that. I had to be aware of my desire to want more commitment and want more certainty while keeping in mind his need for freedom. And I think what we forget to do in relationships is think about what the other person needs as well as what we need. Usually we're all about what we need. But make sure you're also feeling into what the other needs and that you are helping them get what they want to need from the relationship too. So I knew he wanted to spend time with me. I knew he wanted to get to know me. I knew he wanted to date me because he was taking the actions. He was planning the dates. But I also knew that his freedom was incredibly important to him. And I let him have that freedom. When it came to us making deeper commitments to each other, like going away on a trip together, or calling each other boyfriend, girlfriend, or seeing each other more frequently, a lot of that was initiated by him. And the reason that was powerful for a freedom driven man was that he didn't feel controlled. He didn't feel like I was trying to make him do anything. It was his choice. It was his decision. And he came to it when he was ready. And as a result, he felt really ready to step into commitment with me to the point that we're now living together, right? And I don't think if you'd asked him two years ago, that would have no way near been on his radar. But because of the way we balance the masculine and feminine quite well in our dynamic, with a lot of me leaning into the feminine and letting him be into the masculine, he was able then to make these commitments and decisions in a way that felt good to him. I do want to stress because I can imagine this would be coming up for women. Like I said, maybe it seemed like I was in a passive place in this relationship. I guess I picked my battles. I trusted him in terms of I trusted his consistency uh, with me. I trusted that he was monogamous with me because he told me that. And I just trusted the pace that emotionally he felt to move at. This didn't mean that I didn't speak up about things. I spoke up a lot when I had different things on my heart, when I needed different things from him, when different things weren't working for me. But in general, our dynamic worked really well when I went more in a space of surrender with him and I let him lead. Every relationship is different. This is not to say that you can't speak up and ask for more commitment if that's what you want, but I'm just sharing that in this dynamic, this worked really, really well for us. I guess ultimately what this comes down to is if you trust his leadership. It's really difficult for us as women to surrender if we don't trust the leadership of our partner. It's difficult to surrender if their leadership is inconsistent, if it's hot and cold, or if it's all over the place. And I guess that's what I'm trying to emphasize here of why I felt so safe surrendering with him and flowing with him. Because he'd already proved to me that his leadership of our relationship was trustable and was in integrity and was honest and reliable. But this isn't to say that if different things aren't feeling good to you as a woman in the relationship, that you don't speak up or find a way to express what's on your heart. And I've learned a lot about this, particularly from my teacher, John Wineland. He is someone that I've learned a lot from, as well as David Data. They are both fantastic teachers of masculine feminine. And John talks a lot about the art of revealing. The art of revealing what is on your heart. He talks about the difference between projecting an emotion or something you're upset about in quite an attacking kind of way versus revealing, which is almost like opening outwards and almost just putting words to what's on your heart. And there's a real art for this as women being able to express what's on our heart without making our partner feel attacked or judged or criticized or wrong or making them pull away. But if something arises for you, you're allowed to express it. As long as you're keeping your heart open, your partner can receive it quite well if it's just coming from your truth. When we're working on the art of revealing, it's very much just focusing on how we're feeling and putting a voice to that. Not getting too lost in the story, not pointing fingers and attacking and making someone wrong, but simply saying, this happened and I felt, or when you did this, it made me feel. Or I'm at a point in our relationship where I'm really developing feelings for you and I'm feeling vulnerable because... I don't know what we are, or I don't know where we're going. And you just leave it open like that. Whereas so often as women, we come in with these really detailed, (laughs) overthought, overanalyzed, almost controlling conversations, or we're attacking, we're projecting. But spend some time if there's something you want to express to someone you're dating or seeing, or your long-term partner, spend some time feeling into your heart, feeling into what it's really about for you, what you're really needing and what you're really feeling there's a lot more to that that i might unpack in a future episode but i do just want to say always stay tuned into your intuition always trust if something's coming up for you you might just need to determine is this something that i really have to bring to my partner or is this something i have to process myself If this is something I want to bring to my partner, can I make sure I'm not bringing it at an emotional intensity level of 10? Can I maybe process it a bit, bring it down to a five, really clarify what it is that I'm upset about or I'm needing and express it with my heart open as much as I can? One thing that I did start to navigate as I developed feelings for him was a lot of my own stuff coming up. Fears, wounds, childhood patterns, anxiety. I had really intense anxiety for quite a lot of the time of our our early days of dating. And what was really important to me and what worked really well was that I didn't bring all of that to him. I processed a lot of it by myself and with myself, separate to our relationship. If you start dating someone and you have fears and anxieties and wounds and all that stuff, get triggered. That's okay. But it's not your partner's job to resolve that for you. It's not your partner's job to soothe your childhood wound. And you have to be really careful to not project that onto your partner. You can definitely share with them things that are coming up for you, places you're feeling sensitive or afraid or emotional. And I mean, these days, Jason knows everything, (laughs) every single process I go through, he knows it. But back then, that wasn't his job. And so I had to really learn how to hold myself when my wounds got triggered. When I hadn't heard from him for a couple of days and I thought I'll never hear from him again and I would get anxious, I had to hold myself in that rather than chasing him and messaging him to make myself feel better. When I was feeling insecure, I held myself in that rather than projecting it onto him. Now, I wasn't perfect. There were times that my stuff came up in our relationship, but I worked really hard to hold myself in that by myself. I practiced a lot of self-care, a lot of self-love. I drew on therapists and practitioners to get support. I talked to my girlfriends sometimes almost every day. And I read a lot of books. I kept studying my masculine feminine principles and I learned how to hold myself through my wounds. It's incredibly important. Um, Your stuff will get activated. All of my stuff got activated. But if I could feel it was fear or a wound wanting to drive my reaching out to him or a conversation with him or an action with him, I had to be aware enough of that to stop to soothe that within myself before I then went and interacted with him. Like I said, I was not perfect at this, but I really, really worked on that because it was super important in the early days because otherwise um, I could have thrown a whole heap of my crap onto him and probably scared him away. The final piece that I really want to mention here is throughout this time that I was dating him, it was very easy for me to want to drop my life and just focus on him. Sometimes I'd sit around thinking and wondering what he was doing, or I'd want to clear my calendar in case he was going to get in touch with me. But it was so important that I kept my life being full and abundant and varied and with lots of different forms of connection and lots of different things going on, even while I was dating him. That is what makes us attractive and magnetic. When you can see that a person is vibing and happy and confident in their own life, they know how to make themselves happy. They've got things they're passionate about. They've got different relationships that give them connection. It doesn't feel then that you're, that there's pressure on you to be the source of anything for them. You just get to come in and enjoy their energy. So I really had to work on that as well. I kept myself as, as busy as I could with all of my good feeling stuff, my friendships, my work, my self-care, starting new hobbies like pole dancing. I really wanted to keep my energy in that space of, of radiance, of, of being happy within myself, as that made me much more enjoyable to be around when he came to spend time with me. There is so much more that I could share with you around relationship tips and tools and practices. We have navigated so much together in our relationship. We would have probably now what I call a conscious relationship. We have very conscious self-aware conversations where we both own our stuff. We're both willing to call each other out on our stuff. We're both doing our work. We both are aware of masculine feminine principles and work on our polarity. You know, we do incredible work in our relationship together. And there's a lot that I want to teach you based on what I've learned moving forward from here. But for now, because this is already a really big episode, I am going to leave it there. As I shared, you know, that was the early days of our dating life. We've obviously since then gone on um, to be together for almost two years we started living together at the beginning. um, It wasn't the beginning, it was about March 2020, around the time of COVID, Jason moved into my one-bedroom apartment, which (laughs) is a whole other conversation as well that I want to talk about around living with a partner. We lived there together for six months, and we've now just got our own three-bedroom place that we've been in for about a month. So it's still early days for us, but I'm so proud of how far we've come and I'm so proud of how far I've come as a woman. I really hope that there has been a lot of value in this episode for you. I hope that if you're a woman who was where I was, struggling to understand why I could not get a relationship working or struggling to navigate the early days with someone, I hope this has been so helpful for you. If you have any further questions, please reach out to me and I can cover further topics in future episodes. If you love this episode, be sure you are subscribed to Awaken Radio on your podcast app. If you love this episode, share it on your Instagram stories and tag me and I will give you a reshare. Share it with a friend who you know might need help in this area. And I look forward to hearing your thoughts and reflections and insights from this episode. Sending you all so much love and I can't wait to talk to you again in my next episode.